Hello, everyone. Before we get into this show, just want to kindly invite you to leave a review, like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Uh, Stuff explained on Apple Podcasts, on any other podcast service platform that allows you to rate, thumbs up, um, leave any kinds of reviews. And please reach out on Twitter at Motley Experience. That's Motley, M-O-T-L-E-Y, Experience without the first E. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can also look us up on Facebook for all the latest and greatest on this podcast, the blog, The Motley Experience, and so much more. So really hoping to get that sense of community built around Stuff Explained and to take this to the next level, whatever that might be. Just let me know what your thoughts are on this and past episodes. So without further ado, let's get into this episode, episode 23 of Stuff Explained. Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Again, I'm your host, Aristides Last week, I covered aromatherapy to bring in the new year and the many benefits of using these naturally occurring essential oils. I just find how that sense of smell uh, can be so healing. And there's, there's you know, mounting research slowly and, and surely that point to the, the beneficial impact that aromatherapy can have. I'm an advocate of it. Um, but again, check out last week's episode and you can make your own mind up based on what I share. And I do go into the benefits and risks. But I want to keep on track exploring that sense of smell in this week's episode, uh, shifting from wellness and well-being more into fashion. And so this week's episode is going to be all about fragrance, colognes, perfumes, the origins of what are the different types, the right method of application, so on and so forth. So... Buckle up and get ready for this ride. Stuff explained. So the origins of fragrances. The first known uses of fragrances come all the way back from ancient Mesopotamia. So in the ancient Egyptians, Persians, Romans, and Greeks all used fragrances to varying degrees. They used local flowers, fruits, and aromatic woods and combined them with oils to create an ancient form of perfume. And these were largely used for ceremonies by society's elite and uh, rulers, um, especially along, among royalty. Fragrance was, was a big thing just to sort of show off, especially exotic uh, spices and herbs that were brought in through trade. And also in public bathhouses in, in Roman times, it was used in the public bathhouses. 
But after the decline of the Roman Empire and spread of Christianity, the usage of perfumes fell out of practice in Europe. And there's a few reasons for this. The one I found interesting was just how it was viewed as an excess. And a lot of excesses of the old glory days of the Roman Empire were sort of put to the wayside as um, this religion spread, as Christianity spread, excuse me, as Christianity spread throughout Europe. And again, as I said, it fell out of practice. However, it didn't fall out of practice in the Middle East or in... Uh, India and China, and they continued to use them in daily items in the home, in places of worship, and to the daily items, I found it really interesting in China, they actually infused fragrance into items such as the the ink um, of a pen. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. You know, we think scented markers and crayons as something for for children. Um, Over here, I remember that in elementary school, but you go all the way back to ancient times, they were doing this um, for various purposes, I'm sure, in their ink that they used to, to write. But when we get to the 11th century, the Crusades actually brought back fragrances to Europe as Crusaders would bring back materials and techniques from their time in the Middle East. Now, the Italians are thought to have been the first Europeans to truly perfect the perfume-making process, and liquid fragrances began to replace solid or oil-based ones. It was around this time that the upper class began incorporating fragrances into their fashion to mark their social status. Now, France was next to take the popularity of perfumes to the next level. The court of Louis XV was even called the perfumed court because of how much fragrance was used by members on skin, clothing, furniture. They would even spritz it on fans that they would use to cool themselves. And if we jump a few years after that, we see a lot of scientific advancements um, in terms of chemistry and things like that in the 18th and 19th centuries, as well as just the Industrial Revolution was taking place. And so this led to a larger industry and the emergence of fragrance houses in Europe. And this leads to where we are today, fast forward, where fragrances are made for mass market appeal. But there is a steady resurgence in perfume artisans that are crafting niche fragrances. So we talked about a brief history, origins of fragrances, but now what are the different types? Yes, there are actually several different types of fragrances available to both men and women that you should be aware of. One of them is Parfum. This is the longest-lasting fragrance available as it has the highest concentration of perfume oils, about 15-40%. to Parfum fragrances tend to be thick and last all day long. Next is Eau de Parfum, and this actually is translated into water of perfume. The perfume oil concentration is 15-20%. to It's suitable for all-day, everyday wear and has a low enough alcohol content to be safer for those with sensitive skin. It's actually through Eau de Parfums that most successful fragrances are introduced to the market. This is how they begin before the other fragrance types are made available for purchase. Next is Eau de Toilette. This is the most popular form of daytime fragrance with a concentration of 5 to 15%. And it's said that Eau de Toilette are better used for daytime wear, while Eau de Parfum should be used for the evenings and late nights. Uh, a quick fun fact, the term Eau de Toilette came from the French term Faire sa toilette, which means getting ready. So not toilet, uh, but just the act of getting ready. So just, you know, that quick wash that you might do before you go out. And something along those lines is where um, eau de toilette is thought to come from. Next is eau de cologne. 
Now, while cologne is the umbrella term for male fragrances in Western culture, especially the U.S., when you hear cologne, it's just strictly for man. It doesn't necessarily have any connotation of concentration of the perfume oils. But from a technical perspective, eau de cologne is a variation that's used to describe a very light concentration of perfume oils, so about 2 to 4%. This only lasts for a few hours, so a more generous application is needed until you are just freshening up. So again, cologne is sort of this umbrella term used for male-oriented fragrances, while eau de cologne is an actual fragrance type. Last but not least is eau fraiche, and this is the weakest fragrance, so maybe least, uh, with a similar concentration to eau de cologne. However, this contains less alcohol and more water. So this, you basically get like a, a blast of scent in the beginning, but it quickly fades out. So it's not something that's going to follow you around for too long. Psst. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah. You over there listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. So if you're already listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience, why not take that next step and head on over to themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect then all you got to do is enter your email address and you instantly become a part of the motley experience community by doing this you'll get the weekly insider newsletter that gives you all the latest and greatest from the motley experience including updates from your favorite podcast stuff explained again the motleyexperience.com forward slash connect there's absolutely nothing like having custom-made quality music for whatever your project might be. So if you're in the market for custom-made music, look no further than Retcon Industries. They provide tailor-made music for all sorts, whether it's professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and so much more. They can do it for you. So for more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. Retcon Industries can also be found on Facebook and on Instagram at Retcon Industries. That's R-E-T-C-O-N Industries. Next, we need to learn what are the different fragrance notes. So there are actually three main layers to a fragrance, and this is something that I didn't really know about before. So the top three layers, or sorry, there's three layers. The top of the three layers is called the top note. Next is the heart note. That's the middle note. And then finally, the base note. The higher a note, the higher the volatility or how quickly they evaporate. So top notes last around 5 to 15 minutes. They're kind of that first whiff you get when you spritz cologne or, or perfume on yourself. And the popular scents include citrus, such as lemon, orange, and bergamot, and also floral scents like lavender, rose, and basil. Next, we get to heart notes, and these are the intermediary between top notes and base notes. And these can make up about 70% of the total scent, and so last longer than top notes, or about 20 to 60 minutes. Popular scents here include jasmine, geranium, cinnamon, pepper, lemongrass, and cardamom. So as we work through the heart note, we eventually get to the base note, and this is the fragrance foundation. They generally begin to appear about 30 minutes after application, 
and are heavier, which means they sink more into the skin and last longer, about six hours or even more. Popular base note scents include vanilla, amber, musk, patchouli, sandalwood, and cedarwood. The most common fragrance note categories, and this you might have heard of these before because sometimes they're using the advertising or descriptions of a fragrance, fresh, floral, spice, fruits, woods, and musk. And there's actually this fragrance wheel, kind of like the color wheel if you've ever seen that, um, that sort of helps you figure out what types of fragrance note categories work well with each other. Fragrances will also smell slightly differently on every unique wearer as they interact with the person's skin and natural body oils and scents, which is why it's fine to sample fragrances on one of those little um, paper sticks or cards, but at the end of the day, it's still not going to give you a good representation of how it will interact with your body. And don't forget, depending on the type of soap you use and things of that nature, if you use any body lotion or creams, that will also affect the fragrance and how it will smell uh, and just the, the interaction with everything needs to be taken to, into consideration. So now that we know what type of fragrance you might be interested in getting, what's out there, what's available on the market, you go, you purchase it, you make this educated decision, but now how do you apply it? Because a lot of people actually apply fragrances incorrectly. So while knowing what type of fragrance is extremely important, so too is knowing how to properly apply. So you want to spray on dry skin preferably a few minutes after shower so your pores are open and can more easily absorb the fragrance. You want to hold the bottle about three to six inches away from your skin when applying. You apply lightly at first if you're trying to apply a fragrance for the first time. Apply to heat areas, and this includes the chest, neck, lower jaw, wrist, the forearm, the inner elbow, and shoulder. Do not apply to these to these areas all at once. You don't want to overwhelm them, but only as needed to create an adequate sillage, which is a scent trail. So you want to have a scent trail that as you walk by, it makes people curious. You don't want to overwhelm them. Some people douse themselves in fragrance. I know I've fallen into that trap sometimes if it's a new one and I'm wearing it for the first time and I apply it like I might apply something that's usually a little bit lighter. So I usually go um, wrists, chest, um, and you know maybe a little bit around the neck. Uh, but depending on the actual scent itself, I might need to do two quick spritzes. But if you fall into a heavier scent, it generally does not need as much. And you just want to take that in cons- into consideration and be conscious of that before you overdo it. And, you know, you don't, no one wants to be that near that person who reeks of whatever fragrance. You know, there's such a thing as too much of, of a good thing. And. You want to reapply only when required, and you might want to do this during the middle of the day. So if it's a lighter fragrance and um, you know the day's wearing on and it's starting to fade about, just a quick spritz, and you're good to go. You don't want to crush the notes by rubbing your wrist together, and this is something that I would do frequently. It's just I guess I was taught this uh, just to sort of get that scent, um, you know, more vivid is what I thought essentially when I would rub my wrist together, but it actually makes the scent weaker. So you don't want to do that. And you also don't want to waste any of the fragrance, especially since some of these fragrances can be quite expensive, doing the, quote, spray and walk. So most of the fragrance, when you sort of make that cloud to walk through, will not have the chance to interact with your body really in any way. So you're essentially wasting a very, very great percentage of whatever you just sprayed into the air. Um, Do not spray directly onto clothing. Don't 
do it. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine. My brother, I'm going to throw him under the bus. He used to do this when he was younger, and it bothered me so, so, so much. So you don't want to spray onto your clothing um, because, first of all, it's just not as effective as spraying onto your body and, and skin because it interacts with that, and the heat from your body is what kind of triggers the scent to really go through all those three layers and really get the most out of it. And, you know, it's that heat that helps trigger the different layers of the notes of the fragrance. This could also lead to stained clothing. So you want to be careful of that. You could stain your clothes by spraying on your clothes. So avoid that. And also don't forget, a lot of clothes, if they're freshly washed, will generally smell of whatever you know uh, detergent you use. So you're essentially mixing the fragrance in with the detergent as opposed to actually spraying it on your body and making your body smell. And again, remember that less is more. Less is more. You, you want, um, again, that sillage, the sillage, in uh, English, English, sillage. In French, uh, that scent trail to be faint. You want people to wonder, where, where was that? Where did that come from? Or when you know you lean in for a hug or something like that, a greeting, you, you want that little bit to sort of um, whisk past them a little bit. They just catch a little, little, little whiff, just a little whiff to pique their curiosity a little bit. Don't overwhelm them. Less is more. The best way to keep your fragrances, you want to keep them in cool conditions. So a good condition is to store them in a cool and dry place away from the sun or other forms of light. This was another area where I was I was not following until I, I read this. So I would keep them, and many people I think keep them in the bathroom. The problem with the bathroom though typically is that there are very great fluctuations in temperature and humidity. Uh, especially if it's not a well-ventilated bathroom when you have a hot shower. Obviously, the place fills up with steam and the temperature is going up and down and it's just not an ideal place to store things like fragrances or even makeup, uh, for example. So you want to be very careful as to what you actually store in your bathroom. So right now, I have my fragrances on a shelf in the bedroom they don't really see a lot of light which is good before i had them in the closet but i reorganized something so now i have them kind of put on display a little bit for myself on top of a dresser Uh, so whatever you want to do you can keep them in a drawer in the closet anywhere you want just make sure that it's a cool place it doesn't get too hot and that it's dry and that most importantly that the fluctuations aren't too great because it can degrade the the chemical compounds and whatnot within the fragrances and um, spoil it essentially. Uh, so yes, there are expiration dates on fragrances because at the end of the day, even though there's alcohol in them, um, the alcohol is really used to help it evaporate um, and you want it to evaporate as slowly as possible in the bottle, which is why you keep it away from sunlight. Also remember that, especially if this is a good fragrance, the ingredients should hopefully be fairly natural and you know nothing natural lasts forever. So that wraps it up on this Fragrances Explained episode of Stuff Explained. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did in researching it. I, again, I just find the whole thing very interesting how people took this and you know it went from being a status symbol of royals to i mean it still is a status symbol today you know depending on the type of brand you get so favorite brands of mine are replica i I really like replica um there's a great one it's like um oh what's it called something to do with um basically like a a greek island paros uh it's very wonderful smell i like yves saint laurent they have good stuff. Armani has some great fragrances as well. I will admit, 
I do work during the day for L'Oreal USA, and these are all brands that are owned by L'Oreal. So just saying that, I'm not trying to push you to buy them. It's just what I've been exposed to and uh, scents and fragrances that I, I really enjoy, so especially on the lighter end. But Replica is pretty cool. Replica is a, is a pretty cool brand. So what are your favorite brands? What's your go-to? Um, when I was younger, I, I really liked uh, Blue de Chanel, but the other day I actually spritzed some on for the first time, and my... Uh, it, it say, suffice to say it's, it's not one of my favorite ones anymore. Uh, my tastes have changed as I've gotten older, which is pretty interesting. So what is your go-to? Well, growing up, my dad uh, always used um, Geo. That was always something that I remember growing up, so I have a, a sort of a soft spot for, for Geo from Armani. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Armani because it's Giorgio on mine. Ah, oh, thinking to myself. Sorry. Anyways, tweet me. Tweet me real good. Motley Experience, at M-O-T-L-E-Y-X-P-E-R-I-N-E-N-C-E. Ugh, just tripped over that. But in any case, I've said it enough times, you're probably going to hear it in the closing of this show anyways. Hashtag stuff explain. Tell me about your favorite fragrances. Uh, whether you've made your own, something I definitely want to try out, make your own fragrances, it's definitely possible. I've made my own soaps before, so why not make uh, make my own fragrance? Could be something cool to try. All right. Until next week, everyone, hope you are all well and enjoyed the show, were entertained, and got something out of this. Thank you. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themotleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you liked this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.